welcome to the 33rd episode of the Fantasy Sports Games Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Ron. Today, I have two guests, new guests. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed 654 Fantasy Football Champions, Donald Sukal. Raj, what is your last name? I have your, I have your Raj. Uh, Ramjet. 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 Yo, you guys have been champions, I mean, for a year, but partners you just mentioned it for seven years yep and i always like to give the backstory of this because we're talking about the 14-man league this started 11 years ago started as a 10-man league a couple years in became a 12-man league about five six years ago became a 14-man league which anybody that's in his leagues knows is the most prestigious the most competitive the one that that makes you lose sleep listen people (laughs) are retiring People are retiring <laughs> because how crazy this league is. But you guys, even through COVID, through, you know, probably lineup decisions that were probably tough for you guys to, you know, compromise. Oh, there's a few. There have been a few. Oh, yeah. You there's guys. Scores, let's just say that. You guys managed to win a championship last year. So, I just again, the first thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the nitty-gritty of this podcast today will be, which we will talk about later, is the buy-low options. So, if you like 1-2, 0-3, oh uh, shout-out to Elias, the goatee. <laughs> um, I think he's 0-3 oh in two leagues. And we'll mention a trade he made today to, you know, basically try to help himself get back in the playoff picture and whatnot. But, yeah, like. We'll get into those buy low options, but I just first want to ask you guys, like, first of all, what made you guys decide to be partners? I don't know who wants to take this answer first. Uh, besides the fact, like, I know how you guys met and whatnot, but what made you guys decide to be partners? Because it's one thing to be friends, but to partner up and want to, like, compete for uh, fantasy football, or even, uh, I, I don't believe you guys are partners in any other sports. That's for football. Nah, just for uh, football. Yeah, just football. If I remember, Don was the one who approached me about it. It was years ago. It was like, because, you know, our relationship is that we're brother-in-laws, we married sisters, so we became really good friends. And uh, Don mentioned about this fantasy football. And honestly, this is the first time I actually did fantasy when he asked me. And I thought it was wow. a great bonding opportunity to, you know, bond with him, get to know him and, you know, make it a little bit easier for us to get to know each other. And we just bonded over it. We became really good friends about it. Like, I consider him a brother. He was the best man at my wedding. So, like, fantasy football brought us together so much. That's why I love doing it with him. And I would never consider breaking up this team for the 14-man league. Ever. Wow, that I couldn't give a better advertisement for fantasy sports and fantasy football than that right there, to be honest with you. Joseph, can I give you guys a little dig here? So Dono has a history with winning championships in baseball and basketball. I want to say either a two- or three-time champion in fantasy basketball in our league. Yep. Yeah. Which also was 14-man league. He won baseball and retired. He went out on top. Right after, right after. after we talked about that. That was too stressful. Baseball was so, too stressful. Raj, you're in our baseball league, and you're one of those guys, hate to admit it, but you're one of those guys, you set your lineup, and you just don't care. <laughs> nah, you know what it was? No, no, no. I did care, but then after I got out the playoff race when I was in the bottom, I'm like, you know what? I don't got time for this. Every day, I was in my lineup from like the first three months or so. But then when Corey Seager got hurt, then when Acuna got hurt from the entire year, it's like there's no way I'm coming back to this. I, I tried. I, I had so I was bitten so badly by injuries, it was not funny. Like I, I honestly, I, I was telling Don one time, I couldn't make any moves. I couldn't set my lineup because half my team was on IR. So I was like, what can I do? And I didn't want to drop anyone because there are plays that you didn't want to drop because when they come back, they're going to be producers. So I was just in that real bad predicament. The COVID injuries, everything was bad for me this year. Yeah, it was not and maybe because it, maybe because of the way I drafted, but it is what it is. Mainly that, but I'm saying like that. Not it wasn't as bad as last year. Like I understood yeah. that it was like, bro, like we played for six weeks last year. It was it was so random and so what? Not to it didn't dis- make sense. Not to discredit Mo. Mo's yeah. probably gonna be like, hey, I still want that third championship, you know, but it is what it is. Um, I wanted to talk about Donald. Like, I, 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 this is a question for you because usually, you know, you guys have to, you guys butt heads. I, and I saw this live in, in the live draft. Like, I saw that, you know, the, as first of all, I saw it last year. Like, yeah. you guys didn't notice, you guys didn't put the mute on the Zoom. They're deliberating. They're yeah. deliberating. You know? And I was like, oh, shit, hold on, I'm listening. And then I saw this year as well, Don, you wanted their live, so, you know, this guy was teleporting his communication, his earphone, whatnot. And so I, 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 I've i been in a partnership once before with Elias, a.k.a. the Goldie. I, 
So we did both football and basketball. And for basketball, he kind of gave me the lead. Like, all right, if there's something that is like we're torn apart, he'll be like, all right, like last call, you're making that you're making that call. For football, it's the other way around. We went with him, you know, like we went to his judgment, you know. We joke about this because like, yo, at the end of the day, it's not about we're around the same age. It's not about how much we know about each sport. Right, Fantasy right, is a different yeah. ball game. I have more experience with basketball. He has more, you know, we both had the same experience of football, but he just had more success. So it's like, how do you argue with the success, right? And this is at a time when I wasn't making the playoffs in our league and whatnot. So with you guys, and I'll, again, Donald, I want you to answer this because we've had this conversation, we joke about it. How does that go, like, making lineup decisions or pickup decisions or trades? Because I know, and I'm whispering, you send better <laughs> offers. <laughs> hey, we had I a mean, good trade. We had a good trade last year in the live league. Yeah, yeah, we did. No, I mean, normally, look, I guess it all depends. You know, each, I guess, with each player, I guess each decision, each position, sorry, each position, just it just factors in, like, whichever works best for our team. Like, if I can't, if I'm on the fence of certain things, like, I'll ask him. If he's on the fence of certain things, you know, he'll come to me and we'll ask you. It's like a joint, you know, like we manage the team jointly together. But ultimately, at the end, I don't know. I don't know who has the ultimate say. I think, I think we, if we both are butting heads, honestly, we'll probably just ask our wives just to yep. just to have them make that final decision. Like or, we'll just tell them the names, and they're like, ah, oh, you know what? I like this name, or yeah. or you know, or you know, them being girls, they're probably just like. A, Pictures, pictures or whatever, and they'll be like, all right, th- this is who will probably be better. Like, that makes a difference. Or but. what we do a lot, too, our famous phrase between both of us, what do your gut say? And whoever gut is feeling that day, a lot of our decisions are made that way. Like, the 11th hour might be, like, one hour, like, 15 minutes before the game starting at 1 o'clock, we just, we touch base with each other, and we're like, how are you feeling? What what do you think about this? What your gut is saying? And yeah. if he if he's not comfortable with something, he, he throws it to me, like, I right, do this. If I'm not comfortable with something, I throw it back to him and he makes the decision. It's more so, you know what happens a lot in fantasy when you're by yourself? You overthink decisions. And I like having that sounding board. Like if you don't know, if you, you're not 100% sure, throwing yeah. it back to somebody else to make that decision. And it's, it, it feels a bit easier, but it, yeah. it, it's a give and take because we both do it to each other all the time. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's always that gut instinct too. It's like, and then also like when it comes time for like waiver pickups too as well. Like on Tuesday, like Tuesdays, him and I, like we talk a lot on Tuesday trying to strategize like oh. who we're trying to get. Even Mondays, we start, you know, start, you know, prepping on Mondays, but coming down to like right before maybe like midnight or so, I mean, it all depends. Every night is, you know, every Tuesday is different, but like it all depends. Like we'll, we'll kind of talk to each other, you know, see who we want to drop, who's dropping on our team, who we want to stash. You know, it, it all varies, but that constant communication just has yeah. to be. And I, I have to say, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I there was a point I was gonna make of like when you make a decision without telling the other person because it was like you know sometimes you get that alert on your phone. Let's say yeah. last year Antonio Brown signed with the Bucks and it's like yo, like or you get the the rumor and you're like yo I gotta do it and it's like instantly I saw last year like Donald made the pickles in all the leagues <laughs> and I was just like well, whoever which one whichever one of you two guys. It was you. It was you. It I think me. I was busy. Oh, yeah. I think I was busy. Like certain times yeah. in the day, I'm not able to pay attention. So I think he takes uh, like those split decisions. Don is really good with that to actually pick them up. And that's what so I was going to say, like in that scenario, Don took over and basically was like, yo, I'm just going to pick somebody from our team to drop. Right. Like it's not even. a. But, but that but that in that situation, he knows like we know each other, you know, what plays we like, what, what you know, yeah, what we're thinking because yeah, like, we did this so long. Yeah, who's droppable. And and we have like, he knew him picking up AB and we knew he was going to the Bucks. I had no problem with that decision. Whoever he dropped, AB was a good pickup regardless of who we dropped. So I, I gave him full, like whoever, whatever he did for that move, I had no problem with it. Right. And I'm just, I'm just bringing that up because I, I just know that in that moment is like, like there's no time for communication. Nope, it's just, no time. Gotta, this is after this is after waivers. I remember that. I was like, yo, it was like Wednesday morning. Like the no, I think it was a Thursday. I think it was a Thursday. Whatever it was, it was like the first to react gets a A B. You know what I'm saying? Like so in that in that uh scenario, you don't communicate, you're just like, I'm doing it. Yep. And yo, you got you definitely gotta trust your partner in, in that in that sense. Um let's let's move on to some injury news. So Christian McCaffrey is the biggest one. Uh, the, the consensus number one pick for most leagues. 
Uh, I drafted him in your guys' leagues as well. Me and my girl drafted CMC, <laughs> and uh, to me, like going into the season, there were a few people that were like if your body because of the injuries from last year but to me it was like fluky things right he's not he's never been injury prone in his career last year he was hurt then he came back got hurt again but it's not something that was like he had like a major injury like a nah, surgery or anything it was back a, right it was an ankle it was an ankle on something right. else but the thing is what you have to realize with cmc last year he plays three games the man dropped five tds the games he played he won you get he won you weeks so like if you imagine him actually playing 10 to 12 games, he was a league winner. Even that you drafted number one, he was producing in those games that he played. So you really injuries are part of the game. That's something you shouldn't shy away from. Right. And so, and that's, that was my argument coming into this year, but, and I mentioned this last week, there's a maybe like handful of like true handcuffs in fantasy. And this past week, there was one guy that I wasn't like, if I drafted Dalvin Cook, I wasn't reaching for Alexander Madison yeah, because yeah. he didn't show nothing last year when he got the nope, chance. He didn't. Exactly. Yeah, whatnot. I agree. He didn't. And yet this past weekend, he went off with Dalvin Cook as a late scratch or whatever. Yep. And, well, CMC's backup is Chubba Hubbard. And you got this other, if you want to take a flyer and see if this guy pans uh, out, is Royce, Royce Freeman. Free, yeah, Royce Freeman. But we don't know the extent of the injury. Like, so we know it's a hamstring injury. They, they haven't put him on think, IR. No, I think they said it was a low. It's, it's not even a, a grade one sprain. Uh, strain. So I think they're saying everything I read, it's been about anywhere from two to three weeks. Technically, right. he can come back in two weeks. And that's not a bad hamstring sprain. Because we, we had Eckler last year in the 14-man league. And he tore his entire hamstring. And he came back, well, I think eight weeks. Right, Don? Yeah. yeah. They, we waited yeah. for him eight we weeks. He came back. Yeah. And it, this injury that CMC had is not as bad as the one that uh, uh, Eckler had. Because I remember watching the play Eckler got hurt. He's, it's like he got shot in the back of the leg and he just fell down. CMC didn't look that bad. When we were watching, we were like, what? You know, I thought he did a jump cut. I thought he was trying to be Le'Veon Bell looking fancy. But we didn't realize he got hurt after, like, maybe when they came back from commercial break saying he was in the tent and everything. So I don't really think he's going to be out that long. So I, and I understand why they're not putting him on IR. But you're starting Hubbard, right? As like right now as a plug-in, like I mean, I mean, in our league, in a fourteen-man league, is a given, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to. Like yeah, you have to. yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. The same, same thing with that. It was the same thing, like for last, like last week. I mean, Cook was out. You're gonna start Madison. I mean, yeah. regardless, no matter. There's a certain handcuffs, and for for teams that like you know that you need to have, and you know that will produce regardless of that. You know, like regardless of that O line. So, and but honestly, like Madison surprised me. I think I, I was not expecting that from him last last week. Um, well, on Sunday's game. Um, then again, Seattle, they, their defense is not, hasn't been as crazy as it has been in the past. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Is, is Cook playing this week? They haven't said, obviously, we, don't, we don't know yet. Uh, uh, tomorrow, we're going to find out. I, I highly doubt he practices tomorrow because it's Wednesday. Thursday is going to be the real test. If he does yeah. practice, he might be on track to start. But Madison might not be a bad play if you have him. If Cook doesn't play, who? What's the matchup for next week? Uh, I think they got the. I think got the got Browns the at home. Yeah. Browns that, at home. That's not a good matchup, then. The Browns at home. That's definitely not a good matchup. Yeah, but after what he showed last week, which he didn't show last year, is. Yeah. Uh, but he RB2? did show that two years ago. You know, like an RB two. You know, but yeah, but it's a not. Flex. It was consistent, right? It was like yeah. one game might be fifteen points, the next like two or three points. Like you know, like it was just like. Trust me, I remember in twenty nineteen the finals. We started Mike Boone, right, Don? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. No wonder you are you guys you could you guys could have been two time champs. No, 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 no. I think Alex won that year. He had uh Michael Thomas and Lamar Jackson went oh, absolute yeah, ham. Yeah, went yeah, ham yeah. on us. Okay, yeah. So there was no way we went we were winning that matchup. Yo, so I'm gonna play devil's advocate to this handcuff thing, right? So again, there's a few of them that do, but <laughs> There's sometimes we don't know until like a player's out and what running back really established himself. For what we know, <coughs> Hubbard was the guy that did it last week because he's been there. I guess, you know, they drafted him one out, but it could be Royce Freeman. And the, and the example I'll give you is the Raiders. Yep. Josh, Gabe, Josh Jacobs didn't play and it was Payne Barber over Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is the one with the contract and yep. Payne Barber was the one that put up. And I played against you guys. I don't know if you guys saw that late pickup and, and plug-in. Yeah, 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 that scared me. And you started him. I was like, yeah. 
you got a lot of points from that. I was like, geez. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost came back. Like, I'm like, I'm like, you were more scared than that. You were more scared than I was optimistic about. Yeah. yeah. But the thing was, I, I, I kind of realized that the Philly Dallas game, how everything Philly's been doing is absolute retarded. The, the, like, I don't understand their game plan. Like, they literally ran the ball six times last night. <laughs> so I, I'm like, how, you're not beating Dallas that way. And with that, that Prescott, like, the man is coming for comeback player of the year, and he's trying to win the MVP. So wouldn't the best way to play that game is to play keep away and not give him the ball? Because your defense was tired by halftime. So I did not understand how Philly played that game. Yeah. And I'll get to that in a bit because he's somebody I will mention later. Um, I, let's go to AJ Brown. So before this season, uh, I got into this conversation, and I don't know why we spoke about it in the podcast. I don't recall about AJ Brown versus Julio Jones. Like the draft cost for AJ Brown was as a borderline top five receiver, but Julio Jones he was like borderline top twenty. Like you know, with his history, like 20, I think top twenty four, right? Like fourth so, round. Like a, low, like, like a low-end receiver, too, let's say, for Julio Jones. And to us, it was like, yeah, he's joining a new team. Yeah, he gets these little injuries every year. Like, you know, if you've owned them before, you got – Oh, we owned them three years in a row, right, Don? Yeah. yeah. Him three years in a row. I feel that like man never the, played. He gets injured at the worst time. Like, you know, like like it's – I feel like the people – You know what it is? Like, like, right before it's, the playoffs, you need to win to get in kind of thing. Like, right? You know what they also do with him? Atlanta did this so much that pissed us off. The fact that he was injured and he still played and he was a decoy. Like, if you know Julio's playing, you're not benching him. So, But right. you're playing him and you're going to get a five or even a one or a zero because they don't throw him the ball because he's a decoy. That happens to us so many times. We were like, are you serious? Let's bench him so we can put a better option in. You're right, and I and I'm one of those victims. And and so my point was that AJ Brown was so so much higher than Julio Jones that to me it was like the better value was Julio. And coming into the season, it was like <coughs> AJ Brown's another one that gets hurt. You know, yep, like, he's Julio yeah, part two. Yeah. He's always nicked up. Yeah, yep. he's like the new like the guy that used to be this way, and they had like extreme data on this was Diggs. Anytime yeah. Diggs was on the injury report. It was like, yo, just not, bench him. Don't yeah, start him in fantasy. Him. But mm-hmm. if he wasn't in the injury report, start him into this thing. The thing with A.J. Brown, what I didn't understand, the last few years, the last two years, he's been one of the most efficient receivers on the amount of targets he gets. He's not a target hog. The fact is, Tennessee is a team that doesn't pass a lot. Their, their entire offense is Derrick Henry. But you're drafting A.J. Brown to be a target hog when he was going top five. He's not he's never going to get the targets of a Stefan Diggs, uh, Michael Thomas, when he was good in 2019. Uh, Hopkins, he was never going to be that receiver. He was going to be a receiver who gets 100 targets. He might get 60 catches, 100 and 100 and I say 1,010 yards or something like that. And 10 touchdowns. You were depending on touchdowns for him. He was never going to be a consistent fantasy option. And someone who I also compare that to. And I knew you owned him last year, Tyreek Hill. He won you games, but he lost you games with his five to seven points because overall he gives you those blow-up games, but then he gives you those duds that hurt you so badly. Yeah, uh, I don't like that point only because those home run games win you matchups. Like him but those duds, But those duds lose yeah. you matchups. Yeah, but it's that's, like, your, that's your number one pick. You want consistency from, you. you know. I hear you. And then I, I had this argument before about like a Tyler Lockett, Marquise Browns, like those guys is like one week is like a, the hundred plus yards and two touchdown games. But then it's like the where's the consistency, right? I'm not gonna lie. Like I'd rather get the guy that gets his five for sixty, and it's like you know you're getting those. You six got ten points. points right there. That's ten yeah, points. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but you're, I, so with AJ Brown. And you're right. Uh, I, I want to say this. They lost their offensive coordinator too. Yeah, he went to Atlanta. Right? He's the head coach. Right, he's the head coach of Atlanta now, and. Um, one thing that I watch, and I'm glad because I do own Derrick Henry right now. What I'm watching is that Derrick Henry is getting some catches out of the backfield, which is like something that what I would hope that the Giants would do more with Saquon Barkley. And I'm only bringing him up because the Giants have some injuries. We, you, said, you said to add this to the you know the bullet points, which was uh, Shepard is hurt, Slayton is hurt, and uh, I want to say Ingram came back, but it's like you know. This is the one time where I felt like, all right, the Giants gonna have a lot of weapons. Uh, Galladay's banged up. Um, is there anybody? There's been news this morning, but is there anybody you actually like? Would you start on the Giants? Like they have so many injuries. 
volume wide is it have to be Saquon because I think last game he didn't he get like 10 targets like you can live off of that as a running back if you're getting 50 yards rushing and like nine or 10 targets and you catch eight passes for 50 yards you're still getting what over 10 points a game that's that's doable I think the rookie there's a rookie right that third rounder that they that they drafted no no the first rounder the first rounder yeah. Tony. Tony. There is Tony. He said that he's gonna, well, he's gonna play the slot, right? So he's gonna take. He's gonna get targets, right? So he's gonna I, get targets. And I didn't want to put this out loud and say, "Hey, who are you guys claiming tonight?" Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, he's somebody I watch in certain leagues, and I own Shepard in the league, so I that's somebody I was looking into. It's just like if Shepard uh, right now again, this this is a sucky part about injuries. And Raj yeah. mentioned earlier about you don't really know until Thursday, Friday. Because nowadays, a lot of guys don't even practice at times. They, they really put them in a bubble wrap. Yep. Yeah. Wednesday, we call it – don't worry, it's Wednesday. If yeah. one of your star players are playing, <laughs> don't worry, it's Wednesday. That's yeah. all you got to think about from there. You worry on Thursday or Friday. Friday. That's when you start worrying. And, and you part. worry – if you worry if they practice on Wednesday and then they don't practice on Thursday. If they go backwards during a week, you know they're not playing. Yeah. Well, wow, that's a good point. I, I really didn't – you know, I don't think there's even like a – uh correlation no, there like there's a correlation if you go backwards for if you're if you're not if you if you practice on full on wednesday and thursday you're limited and friday you do not participate you're not playing on sunday yeah. you better come up with a backup plan for sure all right so this is not a segment that we have but it, it just so happened that this trade happened this morning uh in our 14 man <laughs> league it was a, a two for two but essentially a one for one Let, i just keep it on it it was like a one for one. And I'm glad it's these two players because they fit into our buy low, you know, topic, which was it was Jonathan Taylor going from Dan's team. Dan, I want to say is either two and one or one and two, but he traded him to Elias, who's 0 and 3, but he got back DeAndre Hopkins. So it's basically a top 10 receiver for a top 10 running back. Let's just like just to not, you know, there's more to yeah. me, I guess, per position, there's more of uh, high end upside with Hopkins being a top five, top three receiver than yep. possibly Taylor. I don't uh, see Taylor. I don't know ever how you guys view these guys. I don't know how you guys view these guys. So for me personally, I don't right. view Taylor as a top five running back. And I said this last year and you know, you knew it. I think I had Taylor last year in our, in our league that we, that we're having separate teams. I made the trade, I think week one or even before the league, I traded Taylor and, and I think Terry McClellan, for Nick Chubbs and another wide receiver because I didn't believe in a Jonathan Taylor. There's too many mouths to feed. And we saw it last year. We had Naeem Hines. He was a startable flex. And the fact that he got so many touches, so many goal line carries, that's really scary compared to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you, you're expecting him to own the backfield, but he doesn't. He has uh, – this is very similar to a Melvin Ingram uh, – Melvin Gordon, sorry, and a Austin Eckler uh, situation that we had a few years ago. But – I don't see it as productive because I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to get as many TDs that Melvin Ingram had that year. Ingram was real. Uh, Melvin Gordon had that year. And the fact is, Naeem Hines is a really, really good receiving back. And I, I just don't see the Colts using Taylor as he's supposed to be using. He's not that good. If you look at the film... Last year, at the end of the year, I think the last six or ten games, he went off. But if you look at the defense that he played, they were all bottom-tier defenses. When he plays a good defense, he never produces. So that's not someone I really want to trade uh, DeAndre Hopkins for, where he's a top-five receiver, a top-two receiver, that you can bank on having a 15-plus game every single week. Donnie, go. I just think that with, with JT, I think we're giving up Hopkins. I think – and honestly, I, I think it's kind of overpaying for JT. Um, but when you're thinking about a 14-team league, the league that we're in, um, trading for a running a wide receiver for a running back, um, a star running back. I mean, he's a RB one, right. low end RB one, um, but he is an RB one. I think that that in itself benefits more the person that's getting the, the running back. Um, Offense, I mean, the offensive line, I think I, I don't like Carol. I don't like the Colts um, offensive line. I just think that they just a, there's a lot of holes that needs to get filled up. But with that said, I think John Detail still has that explosiveness that can still 
give you those boom numbers. He can give you a two rushing, you know, you know, give you two rushing t- uh, TDs in a game. Um, passing, I don't know whether or not he'll be able to do that. I think because of the fact that Hines is there, I think that Hines is, you know, always going to be that, that he's always going to hinder behind him. And I just think that there's always going to be that split. But I personally, I think that the trade, I, I think that it was a fair trade. I mean, when you're thinking about a 14-team league, I think it's a fair trade. Um, Running backs both bold, at, so much on both aspects. Um, both teams benefited greatly. I mean, you look at you look at uh, Elias's team. I mean, he got really, you know, three good running backs now. I mean, he got, yeah, mind you, I mean, Jacobs is hurt, but you know, Jacobs is going to come back, and I think that eventually, yeah, you know, I mean, Jacobs is like he is the RB one on that team, regardless if they got Drake, regardless if they got Payton Barber. Jacobs is going to be in the RB one. You got Saquon. Saquon is also there too as well, and you know. Like you said, you know, Giants are banged up. So the Giants are going to have to force feed him. I mean, he's still coming back from his injuries, but I think that he's still going to get a bigger role. Um, and they're showing it. They've been showing it week by week that his his role has been increased. So um, and then also again in JT, I mean, that's going to be that's a perfect that's a perfect flex. I mean, you're having J- Jonathan Taylor as a flex option. I think that's that's crazy. That's, that's, a, that's in a 14 man league. Yeah. yeah. In a 14 man league, I think that's crazy. That's really good. But Dan's and and, and just, sorry sorry and just just to add in so with Dan's team, I think it also benefits him too as well because he got three solid wide receivers. So you got what Mike, he got Mike Evans. He has now he got Hopkins, and then he got so you have three top ten wide receivers. I mean that, top ten. Yeah, I mean yeah, I guess you could say Mike Evans is probably maybe not top ten maybe. Depending, you know, he touched down. Mike depending. Evans is that boomer yeah. bus. He's that yeah. boomer bus. But the, with having DK and having Hopkins, you can risk starting Mike you can Evans. Risk that, right. Yeah, because you have people to prop you up because you're going to get 10 to 15 points from your two other wide receivers. And Mike Evans, that's your flex. Tom Brady might say, hey, this is the game I'm going to throw you three TDs for one yard. And that's still, what, 18 points? Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to say that for Elias, I can speak for him in a sense because he's told, told me why he made the deal. And in a sense, he, uh, obviously, he's 0-3 right now, right? So he's off to a bad start. And so for him, he also looked at the bye weeks. And so for him, it's more like for our league, a 14-man league, what's harder to plug in during bye weeks is running backs. Yep. Right? To have a strong yeah. running back. So, yeah, for now, health permitted, his flex is going to be Josh Jacobs, right? Yep. Yeah. But for the bye weeks – his RB2 is going to be a Josh Jacobs instead of a, who knows who, like a, let's say, Philip Lindsay or like, yeah. like those kind of guys. Ingram. Ingram. Oh, yeah. Ingram. Yeah. It, was, it would have been Ingram. Right. And so that was part of that. And then, and then the bye weeks are also later. And another aspect of the trees, the bye weeks are also later. So try to get back in contention. For Dan, you see it too with the DeAndre Hopkins, the, the trio receivers. And it's basically like he has a, he has good RB depth. He kept Hines. Yeah, not a handcuff. He, he's a viable he's a flex. flex. Yeah, he's right. A flex option. And, and in a fourteen-man league, listen, People I made this joke. James White as their exactly. RB two. In a fourteen-man yeah. league, I made this joke last week where it was like, uh, I got sh- like you know trash talked about for saying that Chris Carson is could be most guys RB ones. He is like, RB one in a fourteen-man league. You know, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's not that he is on everybody's team, but for the most part, like as far as overall standings, this is. In 14, man, he's top 14. Chris Carson is that borderline top 14, right? He's uh, yep. high in RB2. And so for Dan now, he, he, he could start Hines as an RB2 because people were starting James White, Mike Davis, uh, whoever is the, the starter for the 49ers. Like, oh, yeah. Yo, the fullback is about to be the starter. Right. And so, the, I mean, I feel like it was a good, good trade for both. There was This is like one of the rare trades where everybody was in agreement that it was a good trade for both sides. Yeah. There's no, 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 it wasn't heavy. It wasn't heavy sided. Yeah. Yeah. It's not veto worthy. Um, But to our topic of today, both those players are considered buy low options. And, you know, it just so happened this trade happened today where we're going to discuss buy low options. Uh, We'll get to both those positions where those guys, uh, you know, running back and receiver, but let's start with quarterback. And so I'll go to you first, Raj. Like, who do you have as a quarterback that if, you were to make trade talks tomorrow, and and mind you, quarterback is the least position where you yep. probably want to make a trade for. But if you had to, who's a quarterback that you'll be eyeing? Uh, I actually have two, but I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins. The fact that that defense is so bad, and they have been throwing the ball so much, and he's been so efficient. I think he completed like seventy percent of his passes. And the fact is, he has Adam Thielen and Jordan Jefferson. You can really put those up, those two wide receivers, as one of the best tandems in the league. 
So, uh, and he, I, I honestly believe he's what he's been dropping 20 points all three weeks. Kirk Cousin has been slept on for who he is. The fact that he doesn't give you any rushing yards, but Kirk Cousin is a great buy low candidate. And you don't even have to probably trade for him in most 12 man leagues. He's probably on the waivers and you can pick him up and he, in most matchups. He will give you points. He will be a, a better than a lot of quarterbacks. I know a lot of people like Ben Roethlisberger. Don't use him. I will take Kirk, Kirk Cousins over him. Uh, Joe Burrow. We have Joe Burrow, but I honestly felt like Kirk might be a better option right now. But my honorable mention would definitely be Derek Carr. That man has been putting up numbers, and you have to put some respect on his name. He has been beating some really good teams, and he has been putting up numbers. I think he's averaging over 350 yards a game with a few TDs. And when you have Darren Waller to throw the ball to, you're going to put up numbers. So I'm going to counter you a little bit. So I so in, I was playing keep away last week. I picked up Kirk Cousins. Uh, I knew that my opponent was streaming quarterbacks. Uh, he picked up Danny Jones, who kind of had an game. Danny Celeste. Yeah, Danny. And I picked up down. Kirk Cousins as a keep away. But as the week passed and I looked at Kirk Cousins' number, I was like, yo, hold up a second. I know I have Kyler Murray. <laughs> Yeah, well, hold yeah. up, this might be a trade chip here. And what I'm going to tell you about Kirk Cousins is, like, where I'm only going to disagree about, not the fact, like, maybe before the season, he was a good, like, buy low, like, late round target kind of thing. But right now, because of the numbers he's putting up, he's actually a sell high because he's putting up crazy numbers. It's the first few weeks, and uh, maybe you won't get the value in a trade of a sell high, but, like, in, in theory, the, the, the concept is, like, you're not actually buying low because him and Carr – are like right now, like top, you know, I'm looking at it right here, like uh, Cousins is fourth and Derek Carr is ninth right now overall. But uh, the only thing is that I honestly think with, with Cousins, the reason why I think he will continue his performance, that defense is bad. They are giving up a lot of points. And the fact that they're going to have to score to win games, it, it's very similar to last year. They supported two if I'm not mistaken, wasn't uh, Thielen and Jefferson both top 12 wide receivers because yeah. of Thielen's TDs and Jefferson's yards and catch. That will, if that defense is as bad as last year, that will continue. And if they're going to have two top uh, two top 12 wide receivers, the quarterback is definitely going to be in the top 12 quarterback. And it sucks for fantasy. I'm just going to mention this as well. There's been times where uh, two or three receivers have been producing for fantasy, like let's say the Steelers. Last year, like there was Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Juju, like not high end. No, nobody's a wide receiver one or anything like that. But they were all twos. They were all basically right, twos. Right. But it doesn't always equate to the quarterback putting up crazy numbers, which is weird. Right. Which is, this is yeah. a weird thing about fantasy. Uh Donald, who do you have as a quarterback that you would target if you were to buy low? Um, for me, Ryan Tannehill. And I think the and the reason being is because like we were talking about earlier, um uh Derrick Henry has not been um, playing in, in the pass catching role right now too as well and so he's not just running the ball he's also catching too as well which would benefit Tannehill also getting points on touchdowns also with the injury of A.J. Brown I think that's going to open up more opportunities for Julio Jones so Tannehill will be able to throw down more and then also again hit off Derrick Henry and you know I, I just think that he's a great he's a great buy low um, to have on your team from if last, I so I want to say last year he finished top ten. Right now he's ranked nineteenth, right? Yeah. So like yeah. they've um and and mind you, Tennessee's defense sucks. We may, we're in the top of what sucky defenses. <laughs> Tennessee's defense sucks, and I I do think that right now they're going through a rough patch where the offense is kind of struggling. Again, they lost. They're trying to find their identity. Right? That's what. Yeah, really exactly. Is. And it doesn't help that AJ Brown got hurt. But yeah. if you're looking, that's a good buy low. Like that's somebody like all right, he struck like he hasn't really killed yet. Um, he's somebody I traded for last year. Um, I want to say J.K. Dobbins was the guy I had a fork up, but the, it is what it is. Um, so the guy I have uh, as my as my quarterback to target, and it's again based on just the first few weeks, uh, up and down. It's been Dak Prescott. Um, I feel like when people watch again, like he's 15th right now. Yeah, yeah. This is half PPR scoring, and I'm like, if people see that, they're probably thinking like, "Yo, Dak is not doing what he's doing." I mean, again, he's coming back from injury, so time will only get better for him as far as rust, timing, everything. And I just see Dak. I've always viewed Dak as an, and it was a tough decision for me in the live league to choose between Dak and Herbert and and Daryl Henderson as like who to keep. And it was just the upside that Dak could end up being the quarterback one overall. To be honest with you, like uh, maybe. Top five is a safer comment, but, like, he has the potential to be a quarterback one overall. Like, he could be up there with Mahomes, Kyler Murray. 
And so for the fact that he's right now ranked so low, not in like the rankings for the week, but like overall for the first three weeks, yeah, yeah, I'll be looking at Dak as somebody to target in a trade. I think for Dak, I think the first week he had a decent week. The second week is the one that really killed him because he didn't have any passing TDs. That rushing game really took over because the Chargers cannot stop the rush. So he didn't really throw for passing TDs, but yesterday you showed what Dak showed what he could do. So if if you can really get Dak right now, that is a perfect buy low right there. Yeah, and it's crazy because week to week you kind of when we talk about buy low, like like we would have had this conversation last week, we would have different names. Yep. yep. Right. So that's why I kind of wanted to wait another week because like yo, like it's more telling after even yeah, it's three weeks might still be early, but after three weeks you kind of have an idea. Like I see it now with like the Vegas and people spread. are uh, and people are more willing to make trades when they're. One and two, oh, and three. Yeah, this is the time that they're trying to save their seasons, right? And so, as a opportunistic uh, owner of a team, right, you want to like look at other people's team, like, hey, look, this guy. And I'll, I'll admit it to you right now, like Dan. I don't know if you guys that hit you guys up, but Dan jokingly said to me, he's like, yo, like send an offer for Taylor, like, like I don't know, he hasn't done anything. I'm, I, I kind of feel like I fell into his words where the uh, pooch. Uh, Pooch's hype for him, like Pooch had him as a number four running back coming into the season. And yeah, I, remember so that was, yeah, I remember you were telling us that. So Dan was ecstatic to get him at well, when and early he got him at pick, I think eleven or twelve. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah when you get Jonathan Taylor there, you you happy as hell. Um, let, uh, let's go to running back while we're in the topic of Jonathan Taylor because that was the answer I got the most on Twitter was Jonathan Taylor. Everybody was like, yeah. "Hey, buy low on Jonathan Taylor." I was like, eh, like, I don't mm. know that's really a buy low. Like, you, you're going to – you're still going to – at this point in the season, you're still going to be paying the price for a high-end RB1, I feel. Um, but, again, we saw now that, in, at least in the 14-man league, it cost up DeAndre Hopkins. A number um, one I'll, wide receiver. Yeah, I'll start this off. So, my running back – and this is somebody that I just really like. So far, he's healthy. So far, he's producing. And he's ranked 14th overall, but Joe Mixon, um, he's been really good. I, the volume is there. He's as there's no Gio Bernard to take up the third down role. I think their offense will only continue to get better. Like, I, like again, they, they were missing Higgins this past week, but I just there's something about Joe Mixon. I'm like, yo, I I don't have enough of him in leagues. Like literally, I think I have him in one. In, no, sorry, two leagues. And I was just like, I thought I would end up with him here. I really thought he would fall to me around two. He was, I, so you guys own him. Matter of fact, you guys have him yeah. as RB two. Like yeah. imagine yep. Joe Mixon as RB two. We so like, were ecstatic that we got him in the second round. Yeah, that was my like. If I wasn't drafting a tight end, which Waller or like a kiddo in round two, I I was gonna bypass those tight ends for for Mixon. That's the guy I wanted. I was like, yo, if I could get Mixon as my RB two, that'll be like. I think when we had easy. that conversation, Dom, when we were drafting a fourteen, it was between Mixon and Ceh. Yeah, and we and we decided with Mitch. I think Ceh went. Uh, did CH go before us? Before no, Mason? after. After I think oh, after. after. Yeah, he yeah. went after. I think our, our rationale was the fact that Gio wasn't there. There's no competition for for target for targets anymore. He should be the receiving back. He should get targets, and that should prop up his that fantasy uh, value. So the crazy thing is, and I mentioned it, like even though he's ranked 14th overall, I just feel like people don't view him as like of a, what happened last year. Running, but yeah, what like happened no, last year. Not just last year, like in general, like his, I feel like he's disappointed people the first couple of seasons that people just view him that is like, I mean, not you guys, like obviously yeah. not you guys, but other people. Like if you're in a different I league, honestly, I honestly think Joe Mixon falls in the category where he's such a good football player, but it doesn't equate to being a great fantasy player yet. Because we know he has talent. But the situation that he was always in with having that terrible offensive line and that terrible system around him didn't equate for him to being really good in fantasy. Right. And it didn't help that they always took him out on third down, right? Like you knew he Gio was, was there. But they always took out, they always put in Gio. Uh, Raj, let's go with you. Uh, running back. Who's a running back that you would target uh, as a buy low? Buy low, I would have to go back to the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. If you, like you said, Peyton Barber put up numbers. What we were all afraid of this year when we heard that Kenyon Drake, was signed to that big money contract that he was going to eat into Ken, uh, into Josh Jacobs' carries. But we from the first three weeks, Kenyon Drake is taking over that Jalen Richard role. He's a receiving back who's going to be there on third down to get receiving yards. That's it. He hasn't been rushing the ball. We all thought that when Josh Jacobs was out for these last two weeks that Drake should fall into that role of rushing the ball that Peyton Barber did. But the fact is he didn't. If Jacobs is healthy, we know John Gruden. He's going to run the ball. 
all those yards that Peyton Barber got last week, those are all Josh Jacobs. Even the first Monday night game that he played when he was hurt, he still produced two TDs. He's getting those important goal line carries. So if you can buy low on an injured Josh Jacobs, I think that's a great pick right there. What are we? But what about you, Don? For me, I think it's Daryl Henderson from the Rams. Uh, he's injured now, but I think he's definitely a good buy low. Um, oh, the Rams' offense is just so crazy. I mean, it's so explosive. I mean, and um, once he returns back, I think that he's gonna obviously he's gonna take back that role um, and just be that passing. You know that 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 workhorse um i like i like daryl henderson i own no shares of him in any of my leagues um but i think that again because of the way that stafford has been playing just the whole rams in itself like their whole offenses is so explosive i just think that he's a perfect buy low right now especially because of the fact that he's injured too it sucks to say this but and i i had it, i dropped him in the live league and the moment they traded from Sonny Michel, I'm like, eh, it's not going to matter. But the fact is that Henderson has another guy that just always, whenever he gets a chance, always gets hurt. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's going to be a fact. Like, if you're just going by who's who looks better and whatnot, then it's Henderson. But if they're trying to put him in a bubble wrapper and say, like, hey, like, maybe let's not give him the full roll. You know, let's give him, you know, 60%. Then that's that was my worry. And I, and I have a few shares of him, so that is – one of my worries with uh, Daryl Henderson. Don, I think uh, even with the 60% that you give him, I think that he'll still produce. That offense is so good this year. Because that offense is just so fast-paced. I hear you. Uh, so let's stick, I, I want to stick with Don right now with the wide receiver. Let's go with you, Don, since we finish off running backs. Let's do so wide receivers. Wide, who's, who's a buy low for you? For me is Allen Robinson. Um, but Dalton Hurt... <laughs> I mean, you got Justin Fields, and I mean, Justin Fields is hurt too as well, so we don't know whether or not who's starting this week. But I think Allen Robinson, I think that he's a perfect buy low. Um, You'll definitely get the value because he's their number one wide receiver. So if they can't pound it on the ground with Montgomery, they're going to throw it in the air. And Allen Robinson is the best person, obviously, on that team that would be able. I mean, he's the number one, so he's definitely going to be the one to get all those targets. So I, I definitely think Allen Robinson is someone to per- perfect. And I think also their schedule is really good um, later on in the in the season. So I think I, I think well, that definitely benefits him as well. You know, this past weekend, uh, what was interesting, like they they played a tough game. They the, the offense was horrible. Like in general, oh, yeah. Browns have a tough defense. You wanted to see how the offense looks with Justin Fields because. Throughout his career, Allen Robinson has produced fantasy, finishes like top 10, top 15 with back quarterbacks. So yeah, yeah. if Fields shows the upside with his legs and what it was, you know, throwing, whatnot, like you're thinking, yo, it should only get better for Allen Robinson. And so it's a little scary that the, for the first week, at least for now, that, you know, he, he had like a donut pretty much. He didn't do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they have yeah, one he, yard passing, one total yard passing. That's yeah. how bad the Bears was. But to Don's point, if you're buying low, this might be the best opportunity to reach out to Allen Robinson, uh, owner, and be like, "Yeah, what's up? <laughs> what's, what's up? What's up, yo? He's not doing nothing. Yo, That's he's a bum. That's how you negotiate. What's up, Raj? Who you has a, a wide receiver target? I'm actually conflicted with this because I have, I actually have two people. My first is Hunter Renfro. I always love a in a PPR or half PPR those consistent wide receivers who are going to get you targets and points. Hunter Renfro reminds me so much of a uh, Cole Beasley that we owned last year and to a, a more extent, Julian Edelman, who is going to get you targets. He is dependable on third down and you're going to get those five for 75 for 50 with a touchdown. And that he's not a league winner, but he's a flex in a 14 man league. You can start him as a wide receiver too. Cause you're, you're guaranteeing yourself 10 points. That's all you really have to do in a 14 man league. If you can get 10 points from every position, except for your quarterback, I think you're in a good shape, but my high risk. And I have so many shares in this person this year. I love OBJ. I just honestly think with how the Browns offense is currently, and this is crazy. They had three games. They only have two total passing TDs. And I honestly think positive regression with the talent that they have on that team. Yes, they're a run-first team, but the only wide receiver they have is OBJ. Landry's going to be out for a few more weeks. And I honestly was very disappointed that he didn't play the first week. Me and Don panicked. We didn't have anyone to put in. We had to make moves. But honestly, that might have been the best move. They gave him two more weeks to get ready. And last week, he actually looked 
good for someone coming off an ACL injury. He had nine targets. He caught five passes for 77 yards. There were potential for a TD. And I looked it up. He had 150 air yards. So they were throwing deep to him. If they connect on more of those passes, OBJ can be a wide receiver two with wide receiver one potential. Cause you know, every time he catch a slant class, he can go 80 yards and you've seen it so much as a Giants fan. Oh yeah, I remember. And I and to your point, yeah, Landry's hurt. I have him in, in our league. And and I thought, you know, for those first few weeks, with OBJ out, it was Landry the one that was being the target hog. And now OBJ takes over that role. And doesn't like one of them being out, they don't have to cancel each other out. It's whoever's there playing. They literally have nobody else. To be honest, like so that's a, that's a, that's a good one, actually. Uh, I have Stefan Diggs uh right now as after three weeks, ranked 28th. Um Yo, I, I, if we had recorded this podcast last week, I would have told people, like, buy the bills, buy the bills, buy the bills. Like, Josh Allen just went off, and he went off. He while lost they, you the game. He yeah. beat you by himself. Yeah, like, literally, and he's and he's going to continue to do that. They have a lot of weapons, and Diggs is still getting forced, but he's not scoring touchdowns yet. So yeah. that's what's coming. Those touchdowns it's are going to come. It's going to come. going to come. Gonna come. And, you know, if there's somebody that's that's disappointed, you know, because they wasted a, a late first, early second on Diggs right now, that's somebody I'll, I'm calling right now and saying, hey, what's up? You know, Diggs, you know, you know, like, you know, the, the thing with the buying low is that you also you got to finesse the trade. You, you got to finesse. High. You're trying to sell somebody high, too. Like, hey, yeah. you know, Brandon Cooks is killing right now. You sure you want to do a Brandon <laughs> Yo, Cooks he, Diggs? He's a talk, uh, target hog right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's the idea in, the- in theory, right? Um, let's move on to tight ends. The final position, uh, buy low target. Uh, I'm gonna go with Noah Fant. Uh, he's right now because tight ends is not that deep for you know. But in a 14 man league, you gotta look at these kind of guys that you know shoot like you starting guys like Gasecki and and Fant and Hooper and shit. He's um, hoping. Noah Fant. So right now, uh, Judy's out for a few more weeks. Uh, we don't. Uh, they never said like I think it's four to six weeks. Uh, I, I think to- it's more six to eight because he had yeah. a high ankle sprain that looked really bad. And the fact is. We have Judy. I'm not really depending on him to do anything this year because we know how bad high ankle sprains are for wide receivers and running backs. Look what happened to CMC. Look what happened to Mike Thomas. They're never the same coming back that year. So to your point, no offense, might be in for a really big target share for the rest of the year. I I think going forward. And so like uh, KJ Hamler is is out now. He's also put on the IR. And Teddy Bridgewater has been good, bro. Like that was one thing. I'm surprised. I I think everybody was was hoping – that it wasn't Andrew, uh, sorry, Drew Locke, and that, you know, that Bridgewater would get a chance. But, you know, last year, Bridgewater had all those guys in, in Carolina. and, and He made guys, DJ Moore trash. He exactly. made DJ Moore trash. Exactly. And so right now, the, uh, Judy was looking good. Sire right now looking like a beast. So, I mean, somebody, if somebody else. Tim Patrick, Patrick, too, as well. Yep. Yeah. So it too. feels like. Uh, there's going to be like guys that can support beyond Sutton. And so no fat. I mean, if, if tight ends is, if the depth it's is a not there. It's a know? wasteland. Exactly. Uh, let's go with you, Donald. Who you have as a tight end to target? Kyle Pitts. Um, I just think that, you know, it's still an early season. He's still learning the system and the Hawkins are horrible. They're always going to be playing from behind. So Matt Ryan is always going to find his tight end. I think he's always going to find some some way somehow I think Kyle Pitts is going to fit into the equation in terms of their scoring and getting more yardage and I just think that right now is a perfect time just to buy low and try to get Kyle Pitts if you are in desperate need of like a tight end situation um or if someone has an extra tight end try to get Kyle Pitts and try to trade like a wide receiver or something like that for him what are you Raj uh I have to go Hunter Henry just I know John was there but if you look at the stats on the, uh, the deep numbers, Hunter Henry has been running more routes per game than John Smith. And it seems like John last week got into the doghouse for a few drops and whatnot, and he wasn't really running any routes. So if you want targets, you want catches, and you want yards, you need to run routes. And honestly, this once again, I think John was a better football player, better athlete, better blocker. But in fantasy, Throughout the years, Hunter Henry has always produced better. He's had been a target hog, and he has kept caught passes. I think last year for the Chargers, he had 90 targets. 90 targets for a tight end that you got in round 14 is amazing. And then we you have a quarterback with Mac Jones that is not mobile. He's not going to run the ball. He's going to look to check down, and he's going to look to throw those uh, passes over the middle. And another thing is 
the Patriots don't really have any wide receivers that you feel comfortable starting. Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar. Who do you really feel comfortable starting? Honestly, think Hunter Henry is the best receiving option within the Patriots. So within a few weeks, you honestly might see him produce a lot bigger games with Mac Jones becoming more comfortable in that system. I'm not going to lie. That's a good one. That is a really good one. And I've seen him available. I guess guys dropped him in other leagues. That he's available in the waivers now. And it's like, yo, like you just take that chance. And I'm not going to lie. Coming into the season, I felt that they're going to cancel each other out. Like, it doesn't matter if it was Cam or Mac Jones, like, whoever's the quarterback, like, are they really going to be fantasy relevant kind of thing? But I agree with you. Like, I would take a chance. And so, again, 14-man league or just in, in general, like, if you don't have a Waller, if you don't have a Kels. It's only, it's only Waller and Kittle. Uh, uh, Waller and Kittle. I mean, Kelsey. Kittle hasn't been that crazy. This Honestly, past week, he finally stepped up. Yeah, he stepped up, but it's been it felt like so long. Like it honestly felt like TJ Hawkinson is coming for number three. Yes. yes. It's honestly feeling like uh, it's not a big three anymore. It's a big two. It's just Kelsey and it's just Waller. And Kelsey is just producing. You cannot stop that man. So I don't know if you guys did this or not. I do my Vegas picks every week. I don't know if you do parlays or betting, gambling, and that stuff. So I'm just going to close it out with this. So first, uh, last week, uh, Elias, uh, he went – well, the first week we did this, he went 3-0. and Last week was 1-2. and uh, Last week I had my best week. I had a 2-1 week, and I'm just going to get my picks here quickly. I have the Browns minus 2 at Minnesota. Cardinals uh, plus 4.5 at Rams. That should be a good game for fantasy purposes, that Cardinals-Rams game. And then the Monday night game, which is the Raiders, plus three and a half at Chargers. Another really good game. And I especially like this game because, again, the Raiders have been looking a lot better than I expected them to be. And Derek Carr, Herbert, Monday night game. I'm going to say the Goldie's name. The Pooch didn't send me no picks. Let's just, I'll post it when he sent it to me, but that's just for him to. He's not doing his job, all right? So the Goldie, he has here the Bucks minus six and a half. This is uh, – uh, the Brady returning to New England. Oh, so God. Brady's going to murder them. Favored by a touchdown. Favored by a touchdown at New England. Then he has the Ra- uh, Ravens plus one on the road at Broncos. That's a telling game for me because I feel like the I think the Broncos are 3-0. Yep. And, you know, they're at home. And it's kind of saying, like, hey, they, they they think they're legit because it's a pick them. Are the Ravens 3-0? No, they're 2-1. They're very close to being they, uh, 0-3. The first game, no? Didn't they, they? I feel like they blew their first game. Yeah, they lost to the Raiders yeah, in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. They're very close to being 0-3. They won two games off of, like, two oh, points. This past week, the Justin Tucker, man. That Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't have got that kick. That was a uh, delay of game. Yes. I saw that. I saw the clip. That I mean, was a day of game. So the thing is, we don't know. So, you can't always go by TV. Yep. In the stadium, it could be different. You know what I'm saying? Like, so TV could have been a glitch or a problem, but yeah, not we didn't see we didn't the see the scoreboard. Arena. Yeah, we didn't see what the scoreboard was, but based off of the television play clock, they got a full extra two seconds to get that snap off. Right, and then the my uh, the last pick for the goatee is the Colts plus one and a half at Miami, which is the game that. Pooch is attending live in person. He's on vacation, which that's why I'm excusing for not sending me his three picks this week. Uh, I hope he's enjoying himself. And then any last thoughts, any last comments of like what you want to see this weekend from anything from your team where he's like, yo, I want to see this person step up or this guy slacking. Anything you want to see from any of your teams? Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, go, Don. All right. I just want Tyreek Hill to come back to earth and like um, just dominate, man. Like <laughs> I've been waiting for him. I mean, week one was just a teaser, and then week two and three was a little. That's uh, what happened with Tyreek. He does that. I remember last last year. Then he beat us with thirty five points in the first quarter against the Bucks, and we were like, "It's over." Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. lie. So I had Tyreek as an honorable mention. The only reason I didn't pick him ahead of Diggs or whatever is just the fact that you know whoever owns him is not gonna like. Like, yeah, you're buying low. You're not, you know, they're not gonna sell low. They're they, not. They're not selling low. They Tyree know what Kill. they have in Tyreek Hill. And if you don't know that what you have in Tyreek Hill, like you know, one game you get forty, the next you get five, then you just you know, 
just haven't been playing fantasy long enough to know that. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Raj? What are you like looking forward to this weekend? What do you want to see? I need my boy Chase Edmonds to start getting some TDs. It's crazy. The fact is uh, Chase Edmonds was a honorable mention for me for buy low because the simple fact is he still is dominating stats. <laughs> And for Arizona, he's I think he's getting 60% of the snaps to 75% of the snaps. So he in he's in there a lot. It's just he's not in the, getting those goal line carries. But I think he's averaging, what, 75 yards per scrimmage. And that's a great flex option. I would just love to see a TD or two. Right. This past week, it was James Conner who got the two touchdowns. Yeah, the two. What, a, he got I'm two a, TDs? I'm a Kyler Murray owner, so it was just like, you know. That's going to be your TDs. I expect at least once a week, which it did happen, but it was just like, whoa, the other two. Like, I was surprised. I'm not going to lie. James Conner just came from the from the underground to just be like, boom. Here, well, here he, he took over the great Drake role. Drake had like 10 TDs last year for the fact yeah. that for those one-yard TDs. Yeah, but last year, Drake was the number one and Edmonds was the, the number two. Remember yes. That? So it's different. But, uh, yeah, it was that. But I, I honestly think with how that offense is, the fact that they want to be in shotgun so much and want, ha- want to have so many passing options – Edmonds is such a good receiver that you have to play him so much. Like he's he's a great flex option. Absolutely, and I want to thank you guys for being on the podcast, uh, Don. You were on it once before, Roger. The first time. Uh, you guys are the reigning, defending, undisputed chat. But let me tell you something, and I should have said this in the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I won fantasy basketball. I won fantasy baseball just this past week. I'm going for the trifecta. I need to. I haven't won a championship in six five four. This is a fourteen man league, the league of leagues. But I'm coming for the trifecta. Call me Triple C, Harry <laughs> Cejudo. I'm Don't calling worry. all the gold. I'm, no, not worry. even that. Not even Harry Cejudo. Call me Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, bro, chill. Omega. I want all the belts. Now, don't worry. This we're gonna see you in the finals, and it's gonna end like that Finn versus uh, Roman uh, match. He's gonna fall off the top rope, and we're gonna win. Damn, I was in his damn. He just took it out, and that you know. So let me tell you this. You know why it's not gonna end that way? My team names is acknowledge me, Roman Reigns. <laughs> you're the Finn in this scenario. You're the Finn. You're you're. Well, the nah, we got the chance. We we got the we got the belt, bro. But you know, like so, you got it all wrong there. You gotta acknowledge me. Like it just it just. I'm sorry to say this, but it just fits right now. Just acknowledge me. Like I'm the right now the fantasy. I'm the head of the table of fantasy sports this year. But you don't have the belt. I shall have it soon. <laughs> Yo, I appreciate no, it. But so congratulations much. though on the baseball. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's great. No, nah, you was, you, right, I think you was in the lead for the whole year or something like that. Like you're number one. And like honestly, when I was paying attention, Ronnie, like 70 and five. I'm like, Jesus, no one catching you. Yeah, no, it, it, it was consistency. Like I like. The one strategy with baseball, and I, and I know Donald retired for this reason, is like um, I was one of those guys that, yeah, I set the lineup early in the week and try to forget it. And this year was the one time, like, especially on weekends, it's the yeah. hardest thing to do. But on weekends, it's just pay a little bit more attention. What what categories to not chase, chase, yep. and try to eke out those extra categories just by benching players or, or adding players and, you know, not wasting your pickups early in the week kind of thing. Like, it was just – that's literally what I did, and that's how it was consistent. And the guy I beat was the one who had my number. But in the finals, man, like because I was in first place, we had a tie. I'm not gonna lie, we had a tiebreaker, and I, I you you won it because of a, I barely I think I won. Man. I barely won. It was two week finals, right? Those are crazy. Ah, it was one week finals. Well, well, one week? Yeah, we changed right. it from before. Yeah. Girl, but yeah, I, uh, thank you so much for the the congrats and and all that and. uh you already know, man. Uh, this this is six five four league. This is when it gets to the nitty gritty. This fourteen oh, yeah. league. Now, now you can just focus. Now you can focus on football now. Unless yeah. you do basketball, I don't know if you do basketball. No, so, oh, listen. And this is a story I'll tell you right now that I I was in a playoffs in another baseball league that I had. I, I was so oblivious to it. I was so focused <laughs> on the fourteen man baseball league and our football leagues that I totally forgot about another league that I made the playoffs. I got oh. like spanked. I got and I was in a semifinals because it's only. Four teams that make the playoffs, and I was one of the four, and I got spanked. Oh, and that's, that just goes to show you how you big of a so fantasy, much. how yeah. many how big of a fantasy sports fiend I am because I'm in too many leagues that I lost track that I made a playoffs on a league <laughs> and lost. It just goes to show you. But guys, I appreciate you guys being on with me. You already know all the people listening. Until next time, peace. <laughs>